Amen. Well, bless God in this place. I am just excited to be here. Um, it is definitely an honor and a privilege to do what I enjoy most, which is just serving God. I know when I saw the uh, post go up, um, it said, coming to Legacy, Rome Middle School Principal. And I will tell you at first, I'm like, okay, all right, that's a nice little graphic they put together. But you know what? More than that, more than just being a principal, I'm a child of God. And so I appreciate the uh, homage and where I come from. But if anything else, I am here and I am honored to do what God has called me to do. God called me to Rome, Georgia. And my wife will tell you, we had been praying and asking God for the next steps. And we didn't know it was going to happen as quickly as it did, but it happened quickly. And it was a shifting that had to take place where we were. We had to pick up and move, take the kids out of school, uh, stop our kids from playing football. And we just had an assignment. And our kids know when God says go, it's time to go. I could not come before you without just ministering to you in song. That is a, a gift that God has given me, and I enjoy sharing it. Um, sometimes it pulls me through. Uh, sometimes when I'm feeling down, I can just go into my secret closet and just lift up a praise to God. Sometimes that's what it's all about, just giving God praise, even when you don't feel it, even when it's not in your spirit to do. If you just open up your mouth and give God praise, you will feel a breaking that takes place in your life. And so as I was just praying for this service, I had text um, Pastor Chase and I said, you know what? I've been up since 3 a.m. praying for this service. I know God is going to do something for each and every one of you. God is going to move in a mighty and miraculous way, but he can't do it without your participation. That means you have to be open to hear the voice of God. And there's a simple song that just says this. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear falling on Son of God discloses He speaks and the sound of His voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing and the melodies that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. I stay in the garden with him. 
Just hear this in my spirit. Draw me close to you. I know you know that song. Never let me go. I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm I'm your friend You are my desire No one else will do Cause nothing else can take your place To feel the warmth of your embrace Help me find my way, bring me back to you. Lord, I want to come back to you. And it says this, you're all I want. just want to know that God is near. Come on all over this place if you'll just put your blessed hands together and give God some praise. God is always near. He's always around. Even when you don't think he's there, guess what? He's there. We serve a God who will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Even in your lowest points, he's there. Even in your high points, he's there. Even when you're feeling, God, I don't see you anywhere. God says, I'm right here. I've never left you. I'm always there to pick you up. 
I'm always there, as we said, to turn you around. I thank God that he will place your feet on solid ground. Even when all around you is crumbling, even when all around you is shaking loose, God says that I am a firm foundation. And for that, we give him praise. I just thank God. And first, I could not begin without just thanking Pastor Chase and Pastor Sarah for inviting me to be in this pulpit. I am humbled to do so. But I believe God has a word for you. I want to acknowledge my wife who's here and my children who didn't want to sit on the front row. But that's all right. Praise God. I want to call your attention to Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. As I was up praying and I, I really, and I'm, if I'm being honest, I, I struggled for a little bit when Pastor Chase asked me if I would come and give the word. And I said, God, what would you have me to say? And then I would get this scripture, then I would get that scripture. And then I was finalizing my message yesterday and God said, I think I want to change it. And I've often heard that you have to be ready when God speaks because sometimes God doesn't operate in your convenience. It's always when you don't expect it that he steps in and the spirit of God said, I want you to go to Joshua chapter 24 and it says this, and I'll be reading three different versions. First one I'll be reading is the NIV and it says this. Oh, I want to thank my brother here, brother Torrance Phillips. He is the principal at Maine Elementary. So we have another man of God leading our children. Thank you, brother. It says this, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The King James Version says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I like this. Sometimes I try to put parallel uh, Bibles next to each other and see what they say. The message says this. If you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God, then choose a God you'd rather serve and do it today. Choose one of the gods your ancestors worshiped from your country beyond the river or one of the gods of the Amorites on whose land you're now living. As for me and my house, we'll worship God. Father God, I just thank you right now for this word, God, your word, God. I pray right now that you would allow this word to come as you have given it to me, God. I pray right now that every stronghold will be broken in every household under the sound of my voice, God. I decrease that you might increase, God. I step aside and ask you to step in, God. I pray right now for the minds of your people. May their eyes be open and their ears be open to a new revelation of your word. I thank you in Jesus' name I pray that all God's people say amen. If I had to give this a topic, I would simply title it, As for Me and My House. 
And some of that, some of, some of you may not understand the power of your words, but I'm here to tell you that you have great power. I've been listening to the messages all throughout the week as we were traveling that happened every Sunday. You have power in the words that you speak. We serve a God who had commanded light to be into uh, manifestation, and guess what? The light has never ceased to exist. God tells us that we ought to speak the things that be not as though they were, and it shall be done. So there is greatness in each and every one of you, young, old, seasoned, and unseasoned. There is power in your words. I was doing some research on this particular scripture, and one of the things that stood out to me is that Joshua is giving the command to the people saying, if you decide, and he's saying, if you decide to go one way or another way, I'm going to stand and tell you what I'm going to do. Me and my house, we're going to serve God. My wife has this sign up in the house, Joshua 24, 15, and you can't help but to see when you sit down in the house and you're sitting in the uh, living room, you happen to look up and there's this big sign. So there's no mistaking that when you come into my home, who's house you're coming into. It's not ours, but it's God's house. And I think it ought to be established in every household that when people enter your home, they should feel the presence of God. And in this particular scripture, Joshua tells them to choose. God's not going to choose it for you. Your mom's not going to choose it for you. Your dad's not going to choose it, but it is a step and an acknowledgement that you have to choose for yourself. Now, in this particular scripture, it says, whether the gods of your fathers who served that were on the other side of the flood. Well, what flood are they talking about? Are they talking about the flood where uh, the earth was overcome with water? Or are they talking about what happened with Pharaoh that drowned in the Red Sea? It doesn't even matter because what Joshua is trying to get the people to understand, you saw what happened to your ancestors because of the God that they served. It was devastation. The, the world was flooded with water. And now I'm giving you an option to choose. And if you decide to choose, then the fate is ultimately yours. He said, if you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God or not, the choice will ultimately be yours. Looking at some statistics, it says, according to the world population clock, there are approximately 8 billion people on the face of this planet. And of the 8 billion, approximately 2.6 billion are Christians. I should tell you something. That's a whopping 32.5% of this world studies Christianity or follows some form of it. And 85% of the world practices some form of religion, and 15% really particularly just don't care. And so we call them agnostic or atheist or even both. And technically, an atheist is someone who doesn't believe in God, while an agnostic is someone who doesn't believe it is possible to know for sure, I think there's a God, maybe there isn't a God, but I'm not really sure, but it's also possible to be both. I looked up the statistics from Gallup polls, and, and this is what, it was interesting what it had to say. It said the advisory company uh, based in Washington, D.C., that after the attacks of the Twin Towers back in 2001, Americans flocked to the church. It increased by 6%. And I said, well, why did it increase by 6%? It's interesting that when tragedy happens, most people, agnostic, atheists, will always find God. 
and will always go to the church and I need an answer. Can you explain this, brother pastor? Can you explain this? There's something going on in the world and I need an answer. Well, if it takes tragedy, if it takes somebody dying to get you to the church, then I really wish people would understand that there has already been a death that has already taken place 2,000 years ago that you don't have to wait till some other tragedy happens. The ultimate sacrifice has already been made and we ought to be in the church. We ought to be bringing people into the church to find out that there is a savior who died and unlike any other God, he got back up again. So we ask the question, why? New research finds that people become more religious when hit by natural disasters. You can turn on the TV, you'll see when people, they're interviewing people on the news, oh my God, thank God I got saved. Thank God my family came home. God is always ever present, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. But over time, you will realize that after that tragedy subsides and everything gets back to normal, people begin to back away from God. It's inevitable. You get comfortable, you forget God. I, wa- I used to watch this show um, years ago uh, about people who win the lottery. Prior to winning the lottery, they were, hey, you know, I'm just doing the best I can to make it. And, you know, God is able. He's going to take care of me. Then they win the lottery. They go and forget all about God. Church ain't seen a tithe, a tenth of nothing. <laughs> they pull up in their nice cars and pastors looking like, I know you hit it. <laughs> but you ain't sharing nothing. But when all of that fades away three to five years, they forget the one who blessed them. And I'm not saying it's a blessing to go out and put that ticket in. But what I'm saying is that when God blesses you, you ought to remember he is the reason for the blessing. And so we ought not forget what God has done. And so it goes on to say, and David puts it this way. David says this in Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. All of you know this. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. How many people have sat back and watched God do something in front of the naysayers that spoke against you, that spoke against your children, that spoke against your household, that spoke against your church, and God prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies? He said, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over, and surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Well, David understood something. He, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down. Everybody knows when you lie down, it is a period of resting. Too many times we stay busy, parents. We stay busy and we're not attentive to what our children are doing. I heard last week that the pastor was saying or the preacher was saying that, you know, the devil is after our kids. I'll say it again. The devil is after our kids. Why? Because they are the future. And if I can capture them now, 
I can destroy the future of society, the future of mankind, the future of the church. But we serve a God in Joshua where it tells us that in our house, once we make that declaration that we are going to serve God and for God we live, for God we die, for God we will declare righteousness over our household. We have to open up our mouth and speak over our children on a daily basis, speak over our own lives because sometimes like David said, we've got to encourage ourselves. There's not going to always be somebody there to encourage you. You've got to speak over your own life. You've got to encourage yourself. God, I can do this today. I don't feel like waking up in the morning and going to work and going to a district kickoff. But guess what? My educators understand that. But I'm going to do it anyhow because I know I have an assignment. I have an assignment that God has called us to. Teachers, leaders, anybody, including you, we have an assignment to do. So David understood that resting in God was important. Resting allows us to quiet ourselves. You ever just sit still? I remember growing up, I was just a little busybody. My mom would always say, sit down, sit still. Just take it easy, rest. Sometimes all we have to do is rest from the busyness of life. And God will begin to speak to you. I got up one day uh, on my way to work, pulled into the parking spot, and I got on my car. I'm on my phone trying to send emails. I got to get this out to the staff. Oh, I got to, I got to uh, type this up. Oh, I got to get this to um, the uh, other admin. And then I just paused for a second, and I looked up. And in the horizon, I saw a cloud begin to descend upon the tops of the trees, so I just took my phone out and took a picture. And God says, I want you to rest because in resting is when I will begin to show you things. And that is a word that I want to speak over all of you. We get busy. Yes. Work, life, it happens. But what God is trying to tell us is that we have to rest because there are some things he wants to show us. I know my wife likes to rest. And in her resting... God always reveals some things to her. And I always, sometimes I get scared because I'm like, when she said, babe, I need to talk to you. Lord, I know she was laying in the bed sleeping. What I do now? And so, you know, God just gives us these things when we just take, a, take, take time to step back, see what it is he wants to say, say to us and see how he wants to give us instructions on what to do in our lives. Psalms 91 says this, verse 1 and 2. It says, says uh, that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. What does it mean to just dwell in that secret place? That means to just live in the secret place of God. That means to just, God, I'm here, God. I don't understand what's going on, but God, I know that if I'm under the shadow of the almighty God, that you can just do some things that when danger comes, I'm hidden. I'm hidden from all the snares of the enemy because the enemy is searching for me. The enemy is trying to take me out. The enemy is trying to kill my, 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 my anointing. The enemy is trying to take what God has already given me. So God says to come into the secret place, dwell in this secret place and if you dwell in the secret place of the most high God he will give you rest and there's safety in God I often wonder God you know you protected me even when I wanted to step out of line 
Has that happened to anybody in this place? You wanted to make up your mind to do your own thing, but God said, I, I, I'm going to hide you for a second and for a season uh, just because the job didn't work out, just because the loan didn't come through. God says, there's a reason I'm covering you. We teach our kids by the example that we live and how we walk. Do we walk the walk? Do we talk the talk? More is caught than taught, as I often say. And so God just wants from all humanity to just take time to say, you know what, God, this hasn't been working whenever I do it my way. But God, I want to just surrender it all to you, God, because every time I put my hand on something, it never works out. God, every time I go to correct somebody in my house, because I never consulted you first, God, it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to be. God, when I sit down to talk to somebody, God, who has offended me, God, I didn't consult and, and discuss with you first, God, and then that didn't turn out the way I wanted to do or go the direction I thought it should go. But God is saying that if you talk to me first, if you seek ye first, the kingdom of God... And and all is righteousness that everything I will give you I will give you what to say I will lead you I will guide you I will direct your path Joshua 15 we often overlook the one word that it says in there and that's the word serve as for me and my house we will serve so many people glance over that word serve the Hebrew word for serve is avad. It means to work and to worship. I was so blown away this morning as I sat on the front row with the worship. And I just said, God, this is just so awesome. You know, some people who might be behind you might, or next to you when you're worshiping and you're crying out loud, they might just say, oh, he's going through something. But it wasn't that I was going through something. But there was a shifting in the atmosphere that was taking place. And I had no other unction but to just, just go with it, God. Oh, my gosh, God, you're turning it around for our neighborhood. You're turning it around for our generation. God, you're turning it around for our schools, God. You're turning it around for our churches, God. You're turning it around for our students, God. You're turning it around for my mother who just got a wrong doctor's report. God is turning it around. And God says, serve. How do we serve? We serve as active participants when the worship is being lifted in the house. We lift our hands. We don't have to jump around. We don't have to do like this, like pastor. You can just lift your hands. You can worship. Even in your giving. Did you know giving is worship? And so your worship will begin to just unlock the favor of God. It will begin to open up doors of opportunity that you never thought would open. And not just for you, but because of your worship, it can open doors for your children. Because of your worship, it can open up doors for your siblings. Because of your worship, it can open up doors that no man can close. And so as you get up, notice this one thing. I've never been to a church where service began with the announcements. I've never been to a church where once that clock hits and they go through all the pre-service stuff, good morning, welcome. Uh, tonight is going to be a service and people just look and I'm ready. What's going on? What do we usually start church with? Worship. Worship. And so it's important that we catch that, that the very thing we begin should begin with worship. 
You might want to ask yourself, when I got up this morning, did I worship? And I'm not saying that you got to be a singer to worship because some people are better just keeping it zipped. (laughs) But did you worship God? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for waking me up. Your worship is as a sweet smelling savor in the nostrils of God. And so as we lead in our homes and we lead in our communities, our community ought to see us in a different way. I tell you what, I don't go to my job and I see some coworkers here and I don't go saying, oh, I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. Bless God. I, I don't have to do that. You know why? Because the life and the life I live and the way that I walk speaks louder than any Bible I can share with anybody. And that ought to be duplicated. It ought to be replicated in your offspring. It ought to be replicated in everything you do. Now, do I feel like walking upright all the time? Not all the time. Sometimes I got to rest and get quiet. And sometimes I slip, but you know, I'm only human. But I will tell amen, I heard that out there. (laughs) Brother said, amen, I slipped this morning. But he's a forgiver. And I will say, when we worship, it takes work. You don't always want to worship. You don't always want to give God what's due God. Can I be real? Sometimes even in the worship team, they might come up here and you might say, oh, y'all worship. But they might have went through hell coming coming to church in the car, going back and forth. But they got to put on the front. And that happens. That happens. Sometimes you got to put on the face of God in spite of how you feel and just say, God, this is going to work out in my favor. It's going to work in my favor. And in order to do that, you got to get the word in you. Because sometimes you got to go to the word and say, God, this loan didn't go through. But you said, if I pray, God, if I pray and ask the things that be not, be, the, be as though they're not, God, that it would be done, God. That's what you said, God. Sometimes you got to get the word back to God because God is only responding to what you give him, which is his word. God ain't moved by what you're going through. I got compassion, but guess what? I gave you the word of God. I gave you the word that you can speak yourself out of your situation. You can lift yourself up. You don't have to be broke, busted, and disgusted. God, I serve you who own everything. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, 6, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. It didn't say with a little bit of faith, you can maybe possibly make God happy? It says without faith. That means no faith at all. What does that look like? Man, I want that house, but I ain't going to get it because it costs too much money. Faith just went out the door. Oh, man, I like that car. How much is that car? Cost that much? I can't get that car because I ain't got that money. Man, I went for the job interview. I ain't going to get it. I'm not qualified. We disqualify ourselves by the words we speak out of our mouth. God says that you can have anything you want, anything you ask God for. Guess what? He is a father. And if you seek him, his word says he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. 
he is a rewarder. That means he gives great gifts. We give great gifts to our kids, right? Every holiday that comes up, birthdays, Christmas, if you celebrate it, well, if you're here, you probably do. You give great gifts, right? As best you can. God is a God who gives even greater gifts. And so he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You have to know the number one reason why most people cannot, or do you ever wonder why the number one reason why most people cannot serve God? It's because of addictions, convictions, and the enemies right in your ear. I don't know why you're worshiping. Put your hands down. You know what you did. God is not a God who will condemn you. God is a God who will forgive you. I'll say it again. God is not a God who will condemn you. He is a God that will forgive you. There is nothing on the face of this planet that Jesus didn't wash away at the cross. Don't ever let the enemy get in your head and tell you you can't worship. How you leading this family, man of God? How you leading this family? You know what you're watching. You know what you're addicted to. And addictions keep people serving God. What are those addictions? It could be cell phone. It could be on the laptop. It could be trading stocks. It could be checking your bank account often. It could be cleaning your car all the time. Whatever you make an idol before God, that is your addiction. That is your addiction. Well, here's an addiction. How about get addicted to the word of God? How about get addicted to praying? How about getting addicted to worship? How about getting addicted to things that will only bless you eternally and that has an eternal reward versus that? But you say to yourself, I can't get rid of these addictions. And I left this one off. How about shopping? Shopping can be an addiction. Hello. And so we, we tend to take God and move God to another location instead of making him the priority. And sometimes when we move God and not make him the priority, we lose focus on what we were called and assigned to do. We begin with praise, we begin with seeking God, and then we back off when things are going well. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Don't let God's praise not be in your mouth. Don't let God's praise not be in your mouth. Whatever you're up against, just begin to praise God, even if it's internal and that you're just thinking like, God, you're so good. You're so good. God, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. I sat in a professor's office when I was in college many years ago, and that professor, this was a hard class. Now, I know all y'all smart, but for me, I was sitting in this political science class, and I could not pass it. And so it was just before the drop-fail mark, and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to drop it. And I went into his office, and he said, I'm sorry, Mr. Barnes. You thought it was a drop ad, uh, Mark, but that was yesterday. You missed it. I'm going to have to not pass you in this class. I'm going to step out of my office for a second. He stepped out, and I went to praying. I said, Lord, started speaking in tongues in it. Y'all do speak in tongues here, right? Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure I'm not alone. And I started speaking in tongues and just praising God. And, and he came back and he said, I don't know why I'm going to do this, Mr. Barnes, but I'm going to go ahead and pass you. 
I want you to make sure you keep, keep, keep your eyes on all deadlines from here on. I didn't care what he said after that. All I heard was, I'm going to pass you. But I say all that to say this. You give God praise even in the small things. Even in the small things. God will set you free even in the small things. And so it says this, and, and I'm getting ready to close this thing because I know folks are t- thinking about lunch or brunch. John 10, 10, it says this. A thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And so we have to understand that the enemy cares nothing about you. If your life is going perfectly fine, then I would begin to question, God, am I in the right spot? Because the enemy ain't going to mess with you if you already his. I'll say that again. The enemy will not mess with you if you are already his. Now, you might be saying, wait a minute, Mr. Barnes. My life is going good. Keep praying. Keep praying. Because to everything, there is a season. There is a season of highs. There's a season of lows. So you ought to keep God present. So when those lows come, not if they come, but when they come, You won't even be rocked by it. You won't be moved by it. And people wouldn't even be able to tell you're going through because the God that is on you and in you will be able to keep you safe and hidden from all of the snares of the enemy. And so the enemy comes to steal your kids. Man, them kids are working my last nerve. My wife always tells me, babe, you got to change how you say things about the kids. Begin to speak over them. Boy, you just like your daddy. And if kids could talk, they probably would look at you and say, well, it's a wonder I act the way I do. Why are you mad? (laughs) And so we have to understand that our words, even how we talk to our children, have power. They have power. And so we can't be mad when we say something and they respond. How dare you talk to me like that? Well, the Bible says don't provoke your children to anger. I hear that a lot, don't I, Faith? (laughs) And so we have to govern our mouths. Watch how we talk to people. My wife says to me all the time, babe, I know some of the things I hear you say, I can guarantee you don't say that at work. (laughs) And I said, no, I don't. Well, if you got control there, I need you to have control here. Am, am I the only one? We, we respond differently to those who are paying us. And my wife, you know, just re- remember who you come home to. Don't bring work here. You ain't the boss here. And so, let me get back in the spirit. Come on back. Come back. Come back, spirit. Come back. Before I get in trouble. And so we, we got to understand and know our position, even how we talk to our kids. And so we, we, we changed that. I was watching something one time. My pastor, my former pastor's father who passed away, he would always, he was a doctor and he was the type of doctor, he would still come and do house visits. He had been in his practice. He died in his practice for over 50 years. And just before he passed away, he said, I, he called all the grandkids and his kids and he said, I'm going to speak a blessing over you. But that's how he was. That was his nature. 
I know that in the Jewish culture, they speak blessings over their children. And so we have to understand and look at what's working in other cultures and say, you know what? I need to start speaking over my kids. I watched how he spoke over his children. I watched how other cultures say, you know what? When you grow up, you are going to be a doctor. You're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And guess what? They turn out to be that because it's what was spoken over them. I've heard parents and I've sat in meetings where they said, you know what? You keep doing this, you're going to end up in jail. It's like, ma'am, I wouldn't say that because your words have power. It says this, we must ramp up our commitment and our declaration to God. The enemy is taking no prisoners. People are dying left and right. I was looking on the CDC website just to get some, some numbers because, you know, a lot of times I just put a whole bunch of scriptures and my wife said, babe, you're, you're just heavy into the text. So I, this is for you, Faith, and throwing this in there. <laughs> CDC shows trends in death are the highest. Guess in what month? We got 12 months. July. It is the highest amount of deaths over the past, and I went all the way back to, I think, 2017, consistently it's been high in July. People travel, people are out of school, people do daredevil things because they're on vacation, and so it's the highest. But every year it seems to go up, up, and up. So the devil, he knows. That means one in every 40 seconds globally somebody dies. Suicide. It is the third leading cause of death in our teenagers, ages 12 to 15. We see it all over. It happens all the time. Why am I sharing this? I'm not sharing this to pull, pull the spirit down, but I'm sharing this to let you know that these are the facts. And there's something that we must do as a body of believers in Christ to say, you know what, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because when your household serves the Lord collectively, then you can hide in the shadow of the Almighty. Then you're covered. Your kids are covered. Your kids are covered when they leave your house. Your kids are covered when they come back to the house. I tell my kids all the time, you reflect me when you leave the house. And so you've got to watch how you behave in your home because it is duplicated when you are not around. And so we have to understand this. What's wrong with America today? What's going on that has the attention of our children? What's going on that has taken the respect from the household and has given to the world? It is a world system that is sucking our kids in, is sucking adults in, and we as a body of believers have got to stand firm on the word of God, and we've got to believe that our households will be saved. We've got to believe that, God, you are a deliverer. We've got to believe that, God, you will set us free in Jesus' name. We've got to get to the point where we are sick and tired of being sick and tired. We've got to just declare that, God, I am in an army of the Lord, and I've come to declare your word, God, over my house, over everything, God, that I put my hands on, God. I declare that my household is blessed. I declare that my school is blessed. I declare that my friends are blessed, God. I declare that my pastor is blessed. 
And so we've got to know that God Come into my house. Live in my house, God. Be a part of my household, God. I want you to just live and God breathe and live through me. Because God, when you live in me, then there's no room for the enemy. When God lives in me, there is no room for the enemy. If we'll just stand to our feet. I just want to challenge you. Is your house a house of worship? Is your home someplace you can say, as for me and my house, we will serve God? Is your home a place where you can say, when people come into the house, they feel God's presence? I know you've heard it. People come come to your home and say, man, I just feel so at home. I don't want you to feel too at home. You might not leave. (laughs) But is your place welcoming not just to others, but welcoming to him? Is it welcoming to the Father? Is it a place where you can go and rest? Is it a place where you can find God in the quietness And all the craziness that's going on all around you. Is it a place where God will come in and whisper and call your name and say, wake up. Step out of bed. I need to talk to you. I've got a word for you. Or are you busy? There's a lot of this going on. I'll get with you later, God. Let me just send this email. Let me just text this real quick. There was a story, and I always tell this story about how God woke up, a believer, he woke him up, said, I need to talk to you about something. It's important. God said, "Uh, God, let me get back to you. I got to get ready for work, and I'm running late. Got in his car. God said, I need to talk to you. God, I got to make this call real quick. Give me a second. He got to work. I'm running late for this meeting. God said, I need to. Just let me talk to you. God, I, God I, I'm late for this meeting. I, I, I promise you during lunch, I'll talk to you. Never had that conversation. On his way home late that evening. Goes in the house. And he finds an intruder in the house. The intruder winds up hurting him. He lost his life. Now, he didn't come back, and that's why I'm giving you this story. But it's a story I heard to make this point. He gets into heaven. He stood before God and said, God, I'm 28 years old. I've got the rest of my life to live. How did this happen? God said, I was trying to tell you the minute you woke up, I wanted to remind you, before you leave, set your alarm. But you never gave me any time. Why am I saying this? God is speaking to some of us all the time 
but are we too busy to give him the time he deserves? He could be warning you in this moment of something to come, but have you quieted quiet down yourself long enough to hear him? He wants to be a part of your family. He wants to be in your home. He wants that relationship with you. He wants you to draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Perhaps you're that person that says, I, I was that busy person. But you know what? This message touched me. I want to give God that time. I'm on the verge of giving up. But there was something in this word that touched my spirit to let me know I can go on. Is there one that will say, God, I was not where I need to be, but I need to be set free today. And I, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I, I, I've learned from, from great pastors that sometimes we just cover the entire audience. And so I just want to say this and just have everybody repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for setting me free. I thank you for healing my heart and coming into my life. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again. And not only did you rise again, you rose with all power in your hands. And I totally believe this, God, that Jesus is coming again. Put your blessed hands together. Perhaps you might be here and you have a need that you want us to agree in prayer with. We are here to pray for you and pray that God will set you free. Perhaps you can stand in proxy. That means I'm okay right now, but I, I need to stand up here for my, for my wayward son, my wayward daughter. Uh, my, my mom is sick. My mom needs healing. Is there anybody that needs healing in this place? If that's you, I'm going to ask that you come forward and we're just going to believe God that God will give you the healing that you need in your body. Bless God. Perhaps you've been asking God for some things and you need God to move on your behalf. God is here today and he will do exactly what you want him to do. Come on, bless God for these young people that are coming forward. You might need to be a part of a church. This is a great church. If this is your first time, this is a great church to be a part of. We'll ask that you make your way down. Now, I know God is just tugging at your heart. And you're like, God, not, not now, not yet, not yet. I'm not, I, I got something to do after this. But what if this was your last opportunity to get it right? What if you walked out these doors and what you thought was going to keep you here end up taking you out is there one tomorrow is not promised tomorrow is not promised